2: Live from the Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas, Texas, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and on today's show, someone actually let Joe back out in public. Today, we're asking other podcast creators what money concerns their audiences are worried about and how they're addressing those questions. On the microphone, you'll hear the woman who's half of the Bigger Pockets money team, Mindy Jensen, and the woman behind the Military Money Show, Lacey Langford. And they're joined by the great woman who creates the Culture Changers podcast, Allison Hare. But that's not all. At the midway point in this discussion, Joe will throw the action back here to the card table in the basement so I can help you amaze your friends this weekend with some hot money trivia. And now, let's take you to the FinCon booth at this year's Podcast Movement Conference in Dallas. Hey, Joe. Joe, you there? I think I think we got you. <laughs> it's Joe Saul hi.
0: podcast movement conference 2022 it's great to have real people back together again i know we did this last year in uh where the hell were we last year we nashville. were in nashville in nashville but it felt like we were kind of halfway here right but this is definitely back to normal yeah let's introduce our team today for our roundtable discussion about what we're thinking in this time kind of of uncertainty. Two people that you've heard before and one you've never heard on Stacking Benjamins. We'll start off with a woman behind the Military Money Show. Lacey Langford's here.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm so happy you're here.
3: I'm back. She
0: is back. Take it over the mic. And the woman who lately, I think you need frequent flyer, like Stacking Benjamins frequent flyer points. You've been on the show so much lately. Mindy Jensen from Bigger Pockets is here.
4: Do you want to call it Stacking Mindy's? Stacking Mindy's, Ooh. yes. I, with some of
0: the stories you've told, that, <laughs> that could be taken very badly. Yes.
4: We'll just add to the uh, <laughs> double entendres that I always drop here on the Stacking yes. Mindy show. Um, you called me Mindy from Bigger Pockets. It's Mindy from Bigger Pockets Money.
0: Thank you. Bigger Pockets Money. But yes. the big Bigger Pockets Empire, however. Yes. 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 Thank and you And we for should having do me. this for people that haven't heard both of you on the show before. Lacey, tell everybody about the show?
3: I have the Military Money Show, which helps the military community make, save, and invest money wisely. It's all helping them improve their personal finance so they can improve their quality of life.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. And you have a lot of fun, and you always have a game show Yes, during your show. It's always different, and it scares the hell out of me.
3: You know what? It's meant to be approachable, easy, and cheesy, but it scares almost everybody, which I find confusing because I send instructions. I'm like, don't be scared. It's just going to be this quick game. But I think it's the fear of the unknown. But for the listener, it's really cool to have all these different financial professionals come on and be approachable to play a game. You might, you know, be there to talk about inflation or something that might be intimidating to somebody. But hearing you play a game makes it the guest or the attendee the listener is more familiar and comfortable with that person.
0: Well, what's cool, too, is, I I mean, if you've got an audience of people in the military, often my nephews right now are in the military. They don't get a lot of money help. They don't get a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's brands out there that are working with people. But man, the, the talk between a lot of active duty service members, especially on the enlisted side, may not be what we would want it to be.
3: Right. Well, I think, too, that, you know, they do get financial education, but it's like going to a doctor. It's a very intimate, the relationship about money. Like, sometimes you're saying things that you've never said out loud. Like, I'm thinking about getting divorced, divorce, or we're thinking about having another kid, or I want to quit my job, and finding somebody that you can relate to and hear the message better, because some people, just face it, like, you hear them talk, and you're like, oh, I don't, like, their personality, we're just not vibing, but when you find somebody Maybe listening to the show or um, a blog, things like that, that aren't necessarily the government, I think that is helpful to people to get information and receive it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mindy, bigger pockets money.
4: Bigger pockets money is for anybody who has money or wants to have more.
0: (laughs) She's like, I'm going to do what Lacey could not do.
4: Wait, you can oh, like, yes. which, you, which you no, might it's for everybody. You want you have money or you want to have more.
0: I'm so happy we finally have her here. I follow her on Instagram. She's always doing something crazy like not going to work anymore. We might talk about this big walk she took. We might talk about psychedelics. We might talk about
1: all kinds of stuff. She definitely from the, has her screws tight.
0: <laughs> from the Culture Changers podcast, Alison Hare is here.
1: Yay. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this. Well,
0: the Culture Changers podcast. Yes. Tell us about it.
1: So Culture Changers podcast has been around for three years. Typically, I interview people whose work breaks convention and changes how the rest of us live, but really it's through the lens of how can I change a culture, how can I get involved, so it usually is almost like a a journey of self-development, and because of that self-development, it impacts the culture on a greater lens because people are feeling like I want to make a bigger impact and they don't know how.
0: I love industry conferences because you and I met here last last year year. in, I mean, not here in Nashville, but a year ago, I know you were really excited about Culture Changers because you were pivoting the show. Yeah. Like you, you came away from this with some big ideas. I
1: did. Yeah, so I would interview these thought leaders, and they were incredible, like Seth Godin and Jesse Itzler and Heather Monaghan and these amazing people, but there wasn't like a consistent theme. So once I started to put it into series, where we would cover topics like belonging, and that would include like things about cults or adult friendships and things that people were really, you know, it would kind of be out in the ether, but wouldn't really realize, wait a minute, I am really affected by that. Yeah. You know, um, or big changes, or leaving your job—like
0: <laughs> just digging deeper into some of these questions yes. that we yes. all have. Yes. Yeah, so
1: it really uh, got more of a voice when it became much more personal.
0: Yeah, well, it's super fun. Thank it you. is. Well, it's not always fun. You know what I mean? No. You have some deep conversations, but you'll go on my run with me sometimes. So it's a good time.
1: Oh, that's nice to hear. We've
0: Thank got you. Allison here. We got Mindy here. We got Lacey here. You know what I've been thinking about lately, Mindy? Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nortz, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the fire community, the financial independence retire early community. Uh, nords will do anything for you it's just just, i think some of that comes from his time on a submarine like my nephew colin who's on a submarine right now and all the work that uh, he did there just a super giving member of the community and you know what Uh, navy federal credit union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond not this month but every month navy federal offers members only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want them to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. you got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions that's just one of the things they offer 24 7 help for their us-based service members they have resources all over the place head to navyfederal.org for full terms conditions and other offers navy federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender well if you're new to our live uh, podcast when i go to conferences what i love to have are creators like you guys here and talk about kind of what your audience is, is worried about, because this is a big time of uncertainty. We've got geopolitical uncertainty, political uncertainty, we've got economic uncertainty, we've got uncertainty all over the place. So Mindy, our uh, we have a two-microphone system with four of us here. The microphone is in front of you, so we'll start with you, Ms. Jensen. What's, uh, what are your listeners worried about right now? What's the vibe you're getting?
4: the vibe that i'm getting is my listeners are worried about the housing market they're worried about you know that the housing market has definitely slowed down from the absolute craziness of the spring market where people could not buy houses fast enough they didn't care Essentially, they didn't care how much they were paying for them because they were trying to get a property under contract and lock in an interest rate when it was super, super low. Interest rates have changed; uh, they've gone up. I think they went up. I in was going to say, "Changed"
0: is an understatement.
4: Yeah, well, interest
0: rates are through the roof. They've gone up a bit. Yeah.
4: Um, I think they went up in May, April or May. Then in mid-June they went up, and that really just like instantly crashed the housing market. It's Still, We're still so low on inventory, but the rates increased so much that the housing market slammed to a stop. And really? now, instead of just a crazy all-out, I don't care how much I pay for it, the market is super, super standstill.
0: From, a, from afar, I'm not trying to sell a house right now, so I don't know, but from afar, it just looks like a return toward normalcy, right? Like, you can actually maybe bid on a house and get it below asking price, you know, like in a normal market that wasn't the last three years?
4: It is. That's a really good um, overview of the market. It is still a seller's market, but it is such a different seller's market. It is way more normal. But again, we're short, I think we're short 4 million housing units but the the prices are or the prices the uh, interest rates are so high people don't want to take yeah. that on anymore
0: you mean there's 4 million people that want to buy houses that,
4: that there are houses
0: that, that there aren't houses for yeah yes you know colloquially you Allison are in a uh, mm-hmm. you're in a pretty hot market in Atlanta yes. right in hot yes. Atlanta yes. in your neighborhood lots of houses for sale
1: uh, no not a lot.
0: So the inventory not you're a seeing on a, on just in your neighborhood.
1: So I live in, in downtown Atlanta, right in a, a neighborhood that is literally the hottest location and zip code. In
0: of course Atlanta. it is, because you're there.
1: Duh. It's just what happened. And we're, we're starting to see that uh, there was a house for sale in my street. And for the first time, it has not gotten any offers. Oh. Oh. And it, it is priced high, you know, like, and it's right on the Atlanta Beltline, which is what the draw is for where I live. And, uh, and it's just been sitting on the market. And so I wonder if it is financing.
0: You wonder if it's priced high because they think the market is still the way it was. You know, I think if somebody doesn't follow it every day, Mindy, that they would think the market's maybe the same. So they jack the price up, like Allison says. And surprise, surprise, no takers.
4: What I'm seeing now is houses that are priced well are still selling. But houses that maybe the seller isn't aware of what's going on, maybe they were aware of the spring market and they thought, I'm gonna shoot for the moon. Those houses are not selling as quickly or even at all. And I'm a real estate agent, I have two listings and they have been on the market since the beginning of June. We have dropped the price on both of them and they're just sitting there.
0: Still sitting there.
4: Yep. In well, both cases, we're the lowest price in the neighborhood.
0: And lowest price, you measure by square foot.
4: By square foot, by price. Just period, we're by price. We're the lowest price. If you want to get into this neighborhood, we are the lowest price to pay for that house. And we priced it based on what other homes were selling for recently. So we're not... I mean, when we listed it, I didn't think we were overly priced. I didn't think we were, you know, obscenely priced. I thought we were well-priced, and the market didn't agree. What does, if somebody's
0: trying to well-price their house right now, to use your term, well-priced, what does that mean?
4: Um, Look at what houses have sold for recently, and it used to mean recently was the last six months. I'm talking in the last month. What is the house closed for? And think about this. We're in August right now. So in the last month, they probably went under contract in July. So that was after the price increase or the the rate increase of June. Um, So look in the last month. What is it selling for? Price it at that, maybe even slightly below that. So let's say the a comparable house sold for 500. You don't want to list it at 525 and think, "Oh, I'll just take a lower offer." You want to list it at 500, maybe even 499 to try to come in right under that big price break of 500 because when you're searching, you're searching in 25 or 50,000 dollar increments. So, show me houses between 450 and 500,000 or 475 and 500,000. If you capped off your price search at 500,000, something listed at 502 isn't going to show up in your search. So you want to be thinking about the major price breaks and you want to price it just a little bit low. Because what's the difference, A $1,000 in your pocket versus sitting on the market for three versus months? Versus the
0: velocity of money, yeah. getting the money in your pocket right now, yeah. maybe $1,000 less. Um, you know, traditionally, summertime is considered, at least in my mind, a, a good time to sell your house because kids aren't in school. Everybody makes the shift before school starts. Now we're into September. Did, the market generally
4: starts to slow down now? The market actually slows down in the summer a little bit. Oh. People are on vacation people in the spring selling season is the hot 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 time to sell you want to get your house sold so that you can move to the next one over the summer so you're settled for the new school year yeah if you didn't get a house in the spring, this summer was actually pretty slow with the, the interest with rates the interest and all rate, of that. Jump up. Now I'm starting to, so I've been, it's my thing, I keep track of the interest rates. Owner occupied interest rates are the lowest they've been in two or three months right now. And they're going lower. If you're not locked in right now, maybe wait a couple of days, talk to your lender, absolutely be working with your lender. But now is actually a good time to be looking for a house because so many houses are sitting on the market. Back in the spring, I would be searching in my neighborhood, in my city, there were 10, 15, maybe 20 houses on the market. I just did a search for a client and there were like 125 houses. That's a huge difference. But if the
0: Fed keeps raising interest rates and then mortgages follow, doesn't it stand to reason that this good market now is only going to get better a year from now if I'm buying?
4: I don't think that the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates. Inflation is coming into Yeah. In, into check that the most yeah. recent interest rate numbers were lower than expected.
0: Much more static. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
4: in, uh, so like supply chain issues are starting to get worked out, it's I mean definitely if you're if you're in the market for a house locking in a rate now, buying a house at these levels, I mean, you don't know that the housing market isn't going to go crazy again.
0: Yeah. Lacey, you're in, in the Raleigh area. I remember I tried to move to Raleigh in like 2000. Part of me wishes I would have moved there in 2000 because my house would be worth like a bajillion dollars now with how much uh, prices have gone up. Have you seen the same slowdown that Allison and Mindy are seeing?
3: I think so, Yes. In the military community, it has really slowed down. It's interesting that you brought that up, that impact in your community, because the housing market has been almost in a crisis mode for the military because its it's been forcing them to break their budget. So they get their basic housing allowance, and that amount hasn't been enough to cover the cost for high, especially areas like San Diego, and then not being able to find a place. So you have orders to move to a different location, you're trying to either rent a place and Rentals were scarce in many of the areas. And if the, you could find one, it was above your price range. And I so, hear
0: in San Diego, especially in the military, people moving in with each other, like having multiple yes. families and houses yes. made for one, for one family.
3: Oh, yes. Well, especially with this single service member's house hacking is definitely always been a thing. But, yes, I think it's caused people to think outside the box when it comes to their housing. And even the government has given some emergency relief and high um cost areas because of the issues but it's the scarcity and then they just don't have the budget to compete especially if they're looking to buy a home somebody that's maybe sold a house up north all cash and then is just coming into you know maybe different areas and being able to just pay top dollar for it so the military it's just caused them to you know not have the housing that they want and then it's causing them to do things like stay behind so the service member might have to go ahead because there's no housing yet for the family so it causes you know tertiary problems
0: i want want to ask you specifically before we move on uh, about renting Because, you know, I'm seeing a lot of social media grief right now that landlords are finally reclaiming all the money that they couldn't raise their rent during COVID. They couldn't kick people out. And now you're seeing people across the country reporting that their rent's getting jacked up, right? Yes. If I'm in the military, how do I—even How do I? Even if I'm not in the military, I'm on a fixed income and my rent gets jacked up. What are you telling people to do?
3: Well, especially in the military, they can reach out to Consumer Affairs, which is a, a, an office on most military installations, where they will advocate for you. So they'll go to that landlord and say, hey, wait a minute, like this is, you know— way above average what you're asking for, like, why are you doing this? Because if you are taking advantage of service members in the local area, then you might be put on what they call a banned list to say, like, we're not encouraging anybody to do business with you because you keep taking advantage. So
0: So, they do have, like, a way to to blacklist you. They
3: do. I mean, it it definitely goes through, like, a a high vetting process before it ever comes to that. But yes, if you have taken advantage, like, there were things where people would say, hey, we're going to help you buy a car we'll pick you up like si- single soldiers we will pick you up on saturday and we'll take you to go get the car well they would take them get them there and charge something astronomical and they would take them far away and so they're like well if you don't buy the car we're not taking you back
0: that's horrible yeah so it's
3: just what like you hell? know just stupid stuff like that that people you know get themselves on a list of like okay well if you're going to take advantage of the military we're going to let everybody know in the military not to do business with you because you have that reputation
0: that's fabulous and the office people go to find that stuff out
3: Oh, what I'm sorry. What was the question?
0: The, the office people go to to find out like who might be on
3: these lists. Consumer Affairs. Consumer and Affairs. Every installation has a list. It's, yeah. it's called the ban list. You get so when you get there, you get a copy of it, so you're aware of predatory ha- ha- uh, businesses in the area.
0: Allison, when it comes to the as we move the, as we move the microphone over all the way across the table, to Allison. Uh, do you know people that rent? And Because i got to think that in, especially in Atlanta, the rental... Uh, it's per- wild. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's got to be going yeah. through the roof. Yeah. It is
1: wild. Even for one bedrooms are more than, you know, I think I've owned, we've owned our house for over 10 years. We were renting before. And now it's like two, three, four thousand $4,000 dollars. In the city for one bedroom, two yeah. bedrooms.
5: Oh, that's... And just,
1: it's, it's really insane, you know? Like, people are really having a hard time trying to figure out, where do I move? And does it have to be so far out of the city? That's if something, because in there?
0: Atlanta, you got to go way, way out in the suburbs, yes, I would think, here. if you want to find any type of a deal.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah. But even then, I mean, it is more of a deal, but there's still... There's still a sprawl, right? Like there's there's a sprawl that's that's yeah. happening there. So yeah.
0: Atlanta's got some sprawl.
1: I think overall the, the prices have gone up where Atlanta was known as like you can get brand new builds, places where you have space, and you can get them for dirt cheap. And so cost of living, you know, like I grew up in New Jersey. And so New Jersey, New York, California are all insane. So coming to Atlanta, you feel like you live like a king, Yeah. you know, when you're used to paying rent in those. But now it's well, really competitive. think about Texarkana. Yeah, it's been really it's competitive. Yeah. I,
0: I thought, really? For this price, I could buy Texarkana. <laughs> like, this would be great. You want $6 for the whole thing? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's
4: wild.
1: where the deals are. I wonder where the, the deals are now.
4: Mindy, where are the deals? Joe, you can find a good deal anywhere. You just need a great real estate agent. Oh! <laughs>
0: Here, let me give you the softball. Let me just softball that to you.
4: No, no, where are the good deals? I really do believe that you can find a good deal anywhere. You're not going to find a good deal everywhere, but you can find a good deal anywhere as you look for them. You're not going to find it all the time. You have to keep looking. Um, You can find good deals in Raleigh. You're not going to find an absolutely perfect brand new house with everything you need in the middle of downtown today.
0: Well, this is what I was thinking, Mindy, as you're talking. You've got to do kind of what you and Carl have done, which is look at the bones. Don't look at the ugliness of the house. Go, you know what? I got to be a little comfortable with fixing some of this up myself.
4: Anybody can paint, anybody can install flooring, anybody can move walls and you know do electric and plumbing and <laughs> redo a whole fireplace, Joe, it's super easy. You Even lost you me. can do it. <laughs> you lost me on all no, that. Anybody can
0: paint. Anybody can write checks. You
4: know, yeah, anybody can write a check. <laughs> like there's a lot of ways to rehab a house that doesn't involve, you know, you doing all of the work. Yes. But also YouTube University can teach you how to do all of that stuff. I'm I'm a graduate of YouTube University. uh,
0: Let's transition. Tell me what the culture changers are worried about right now.
1: I would say uh, that through the pandemic, after the pandemic, where people are is that they may have decent jobs. They may have climbed the corporate ladder. They may have checked every box where they have what they need, but what they don't have is fulfillment. And it is so hard to figure out like, okay, I've done all this stuff. Now what? You know, I don't, there's there's more out there. And so where my show serves to live is like, how do we use our voice as a force for good? Or how do we start to get involved with things and issues that were are important? So like my show, we, we tackle monster topics. And try and figure out, where is, our, where is my place in changing the story? And how can I maybe start to branch out and do something that feels more impactful, feels more nourishing, feels more fulfilling? Because, you know, I think the old guard is no longer viable. It's just, it doesn't fit in the same box anymore. I think people have outgrown their container. Because there a, are so many possibilities available.
0: That's interesting because I do think that the pandemic taught us that, you know what? If I have to, I can sit in my house for two years. Like yes. I, I, I can. I have everything inside these walls. Yes. And now I have Zoom, right? Yes. Uh, but, but, it, but you're right. There's this general malaise of, is this it?
1: Yes. Is that all? And, you know, like the world is rethinking our friendships, our relationships, the ones that matter. There's a lot of talk about interest version and extroversion and ambivert and what does that mean you know where people are kind of looking for some type of way to identify themselves that feels a little deeper than i'm yeah. a i'm a cio at coke you know i'm a, a marketing director yeah yeah this company.
0: label that i had and yeah. that's it yeah like, it, it feels like mean?
1: people want to excavate a little more
0: this had started before, I think, Lacey, when it comes to, like, the military. People, when they transition out of the military, already had this problem, right? Like, who am I? I've been working as a whatever in the military forever, and now what is my parachute?
3: Yes, it's an identity crisis that people have. It's like, I was this, I had maybe rank and more power, and now it looks a lot different. Like, I might not, you know, have certainty in where I'm moving forward in my career. I don't have the same money, maybe. I don't have the same security because being in the military, there is this security blanket. So it really is an identity shift for people, and it takes a long time to go through that. Do you
0: feel it's worse now, though?
3: Oh, yes. I feel like the military was already struggling with some of those things, and then now this has amplified it, and then being in you know, the military queue, is struggling with things like veteran suicide, and even for active duty service members, and I think losing relationships, being further away from people and then like kind of that thing like is this it? Like what's going on? Like you know I'm in the military now I'm going to be getting out or they're going through that transition so I do think it has amplified some of those problems.
0: What do you think the answer is? Plugging more to your community?
3: I do think that really is it is getting connected whether that's Finding somebody to go for a run with, something that you have something in common with, friendship, like a club, or I mean, even if it's just like going for a coffee every Tuesday morning, something like that. But then also mentorship. I think that's huge to find somebody that is further along in life than you, that has learned some lessons the hard way, that can start to give you advice and say, "This is the playing field." This is what it looks like. You know, you can figure out where you want to be based on the information I'm giving you and, and other people. I think that helps make a transi- transition in your identity is having somebody to talk it out with and that's somebody that has more experience than you do.
0: What's funny is, is that the one thing we didn't lose during COVID was our ability to have a community. I mean, don't get me wrong. We couldn't go hang out uh, uh, together, but we could get on Zoom. We could talk to each other. I felt like I talked to my parents a lot more i talked to my sister a lot more but yeah you're yeah but so often dming um social media so if we still had community why do we feel mindy you think that we need this reconnection to community if we had social media the whole time
4: i well i don't think that social media is really your community you have to make your community and social media doesn't doesn't make up for the the personal interaction. I can type all I want, but I need to see you face-to-face. I can't hug you over Zoom, Joe. I have to be in person to hug you. It
0: feels and so much better being here live with you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's so much better. Like, we could do Zoom calls all day. There's just something about being in the space together.
4: There is, and I feel like I, I'm in kind of this weird little bubble. I live in Longmont, Colorado, which is like a mecca for Fi. And yeah there's a lot of people that come through and I get a lot of face-to-face interaction with people in my community all the time. I mean, not so much during like the beginning of COVID, but like, in the last year and a half, there's been a lot more travel and a lot of people come through Longmont. So it's been really wonderful to connect with people and have these conversations. And we don't talk a lot about money. We just That's yeah. out of the way. So now I can connect with people and it's just nice to have people that I know. And the community is, is so valuable. I love what you say about like mentorship. Within the like, When you are just joining a community, it's hard to find a mentor because, well, who are you? How do I know that you're going to do anything? But when you're in a community, it's so easy to find mentors because you're a part of this. I know there's 100 people in the FI community that I could go to and ask advice of because they know that I'm in the space, and they know that I'll do the work, and I can like, similarly give advice to people that I know will do the work. Do you do, know what I mean? Like, Yeah.
0: Like, do you feel then, if you've had the sense of community for the last year and a half, are you feeling the angst that Allison's talking about?
4: I'm not feeling that type of angst, but again, I feel like I'm in this weird little bubble yeah. because I have the community there. So, no, But that's are, interesting.
0: It's kind of proof about what, you're, what we're talking about here. Yeah, that-
4: if you are feeling anxious about like what's next, go and find your community and And there is a lot of mentorship
0: in that particular community. Longmont, I think there's a ton of mentorship, especially around good money habits, which Mm -hmm. is so damn weird. Yes. This place Allison is the weirdest (laughs) people actually coaching each other in good money habits, like what the hell is that about? It's strange. It is, it is, it is very strange and, and super awesome. But there's something else going on here, Allison. Which is we need to be alone with our thoughts more as well. We had Colin O'Brady, the explorer on the yes. show. I was so damn surprised. I'm, I'm following you on Instagram. You're like, I'm doing Colin O'Brady's 12-hour walk. I'm like, what the hell? She's, <laughs> she's actually doing it. It's
1: gone global. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, you went and turned off your phone. Yes. And you walked for 12 hours.
1: Yeah. So the concept is that you walk. And you know, to kind of tie off what you're both saying, what I hear from all of this is people want to feel like they are seen and heard. Oh, yeah. And that's being redefined now. And it has everything to do, and it's surrounded by belonging. And so, whether it's belonging to a community or belonging in your own body, I think it's all being redefined here. Yeah. And so, this 12 hour walk, um, as you mentioned at the top of the show, I had, uh, I left my corporate job. I worked in technology sales and corporate sales for 20, uh, almost 25 years. And I left my corporate job to pursue, so I'm like in it. You know, where I didn't really have that much of a game plan. It was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to be more aligned. You know, can I make a run at this podcast thing and pursue all these creative things? So I had a little more time, and I have a little, I have a limited time to figure this out, right? Like, I don't have endless money. Yeah. And so, One of the things that I decided to do is to do this 12-hour walk because I don't really have a lot of time just with my thoughts. I don't really like my thoughts. (laughs) I don't really like being alone with my thoughts. And so the idea is that you go out for 12 hours, you walk out your door, and that you have no podcast, no music, no audio books to listen to, no phone. So your phone is on airplane mode, and you just go out in nature for 12 hours by yourself so no like you're not doing it with a friend did your thoughts get dark oh dark <laughs> i'm like was it at nighttime no no,
0: no not <laughs> did get dark outside at some point joe it did get dark outside
1: i will say the first six or seven hours i was actually cheery about things like i'd look around and be like oh i never noticed all the butterflies and look how pretty it is in the city and like an hour later, I'm like, F Colin O'Brady, this is so dumb, <laughs> this is a dumb idea. <laughs> and it, it, it was insane. And so the, the real point of it is, what kind of limiting beliefs come up? So as you're listening to this, you're thinking, huh, could I do a 12 hour walk? I don't have time for that. I need to get fit first. I can't be alone with my thoughts. And those are like a, an indication of maybe some limiting beliefs that are applied elsewhere. Where are you stopping yourself? From things that can make you maybe stretch yourself, whether it's mentally, whether it's physically. I think
0: he kinda wants you to go there too. I mean go he ahead does. and go this place where you don't want to yeah. go. Yeah. Yes. And so you go there, you're blaming on Colin O'Brady, but I gotta think <laughs> that after the blame game gets over,
1: then you're just like, Okay, it's me and me and these thoughts. In my world, You know, I always knew that I was going to finish it and do it honestly, but it was painful, you know, and what I was surprised at is I didn't mind being by myself and I didn't mind being without a phone because I was in motion. But if I was like, like I stopped to eat lunch and what was very strange is that i i didn't have a phone so if i would like accidentally make eye contact with somebody they'd be freaked out because i didn't have a phone to like divert my attention she's looking at me
0: <laughs> we don't look at each other anymore no didn't do that uh, but what really surprised me is you're going to do it again
1: i'm going to do it again on september 10th i don't know when this comes out but they're it's doing amazing. a global one September 10th. Yeah.
0: I would think that if you're blaming the guy, you're not going to go right back to that well. (laughs) That is interesting because when it comes to these challenges, Lacey, do you think that helps you find fulfillment? We talked about community, but what about this idea of just challenging ourselves to maybe do more?
3: That resonates with me. I I think it does. I I think often... We get caught up with what other people are doing, what they're wearing, how they're spending their money, the house that they have, their jobs, the way that they're living their life, all the soccer games or the sports that their kids are in. And I feel like that, something like that, a challenge forces you to look at yourself and to accomplish it on your own. You're not looking to the outside to figure it out. You're you're looking inward and I do find I love to run, love to walk, and those are some of my best times for stress relief to overcome something when I, when I can't figure something out I get a lot of inspiration doing that I would be more interested in a six hour walk than a 12 <laughs> yes. so but I could but that's I was going to say what I'm-
0: really resonates with me is you guys doing 12 hour walks
3: <laughs> me not doing it. Not, like, not, not me doing it. <laughs> I, just, I just don't know that I wouldn't do that challenge, but I think I love to do 5Ks. Like, I do a run up a, a mountain, like, five miles, so it's like each has their own physical challenge, but, like, if you're doing, like, a running or a triathlon, maybe you don't have as much time for your thoughts versus i I got to haul my butt up, like, this hill, or, you know, and run or something like that, so I think it just depends.
1: I couldn't imagine myself running, and even during that 12-hour walk, like, I would think about people like Colin O'Brady and Jesse Isler who would run for 12, 24 hours. The six, Run, and I was like, there's no way I could pick my feet up right now and run. But what if I could? You know, so that was like almost the Which is funny, though, because of- you,
0: like coach dancing don't you
1: yeah i'm a dance fitness instructor i got certified in 2020 after never dancing before the, the
0: pictures Just i see, see you look like you're running in place all the time <laughs> <laughs> like you're totally running Allison.
1: Say... <laughs> no it's funny because you know like i can dance for hours because i love the dance yeah but i'll run for like 10 seconds and i'm like this, i'm definitely gonna die
0: There is no fire. There's no zombies. I'm out. Yes. All right. We have one more topic. We've got Lacey Langford's topic coming up. But before that, we're going to send it back to Mom's Basement because Doug's got some trivia for us.
2: Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm loving this conversation, aren't you? I'll throw it back to Joe in just a moment, but how about some podcasting-related trivia on today's show so you can impress your friends this weekend? You know, all those friends you have wondered about podcasting trivia? While most podcasters never make a dime and create shows only because they love it, one big-name podcaster who makes lots of money is none other than comedian Joe Rogan largely believed to be the highest paid podcaster in the world, making over $30 million from his podcast alone. A kick-ass podcast starts, apparently, with kicking some ass. So at age 14, Rogan took up martial arts. Let's ask you about that, shall we? Which martial arts discipline did Joe Rogan become U.S. champion in at age 19 as a lightweight I'll be back with the answer right after I figure out how to call someone at Spotify to offer us a big deal.
5: Hey, Joe, I know that you uh, drive that hunk of junk, so maybe you need to go get yourself a new set of wheels. I just recently picked up my brandy new car. Well, it's been about a year, but when I did, went through Navy Federal Credit Union. And as you know, having talked about Navy Federal Credit Union for a long time, dude, it's super easy talk about a fully loaded car buying experience you can finance it buy it protect it enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place you get your pre-approval done and then you can go shopping it's good for 90 days and with great rates you can know that you're going to get a good deal when I did mine they had the check waiting at the bank I just had to walk into the branch and poof there it was ready to go so it's super helpful you get member exclusive savings at Carfax Sirius XM and more and they're always available 24 7 member service representatives to answer any questions. You can learn more at Navyfederal.org slash car buying. And as you know, credit and collateral are subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA.
0: Hey there stackers normally here is where you'd hear another ad here in the middle of Doug's trivia. But today we've got a very special shout out because even though we are out of the basement at podcast movement for this episode. Our hearts are parting for a 40th birthday because it's Anuja Mederata's birthday. He not only works as a cardiologist, guys, but he also helps other people achieve financial success. So here's a guy who's saving lives and on the other side, helping people achieve financial success. And we are so happy that he's a stacker. So happy birthday to you, Anuja. Hope you have a great day. Glad you're helping us in the mission to help more people stack more Benjamins. And by the way, super thanks to your awesome spouse, Sophia, for letting us know that you're doing all this great work. Hope you have a great day, man.
2: Hey there, stackers. I'm basement holder, downer, and weekend window washer, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Today, we're talking about a guy who's built huge stacks of Benjamins, Joe Rogan. Here was the question. After taking up martial arts at age 14, Rogan won the U.S. championship in what discipline five years later? The answer? Joe Rogan became U.S. champion in... Taekwondo at age 19. He also became a kickboxer later, but quickly made his way and a fortune in comedy and podcasting. Alright, let me... Press this button here and send you back to Joe Salcii, Allison Hare, Lacey Langford, and Mindy Jensen in Dallas, Texas at the Podcast Movement Conference Expo floor.
0: And we're back, live in Podcast Movement with... Allison Hare from Culture Changers. If you just joined us, which would be weird because you start podcasts from the beginning. Allison Hare <laughs>
1: <laughs> show. That's
0: right. <laughs> if you're joining us now, what kind of moron are you that you'd start at the halfway point? <laughs> Number one.
3: Probably somebody who listens to your Wake show. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody from the basement. That's true.
0: Right. Alison Air from Culture Changers is here. Mindy Jensen from Bigger Pockets Money and Lacey Langford from The Military Money Show. Which, it's your turn. What's the community worried about?
3: I think breaking the budget. Right now, with the cost of food going up, all of the craziness from the housing market, it's already put people probably over their budget. They're overspending, going into more debt. And then I think there's this concern with being able to meet their needs their income isn't going up well it might next year but they are breaking the breaking the bank on food costs and then you know they have the extra layer of difficulty with military spouses with employment issues you know some people are laying off or they're not you know they're on a hiring pause and so then they're only on one income and with the price of food going up and other things it's just making everything worse.
0: I want to get back to you about some of those issues, but I want to ask our other panelists here about just in your family, Mindy in the Jensen family, how are you guys handling the fact that the grocery store is, uh, is a lot higher? Just telling the kids they can't eat? Going yes, to...
4: yes, I'm definitely telling the kids they can't eat. I'm telling them tough luck, you know, there's dirt in the backyard. You're telling your daughter who <laughs> plays the bassoon. Bassoon.
0: You're telling her that she's gotta get a she's gotta go get an Imagine Dragons or something. Bring in some money.
4: <laughs> no, um, I'm shopping our pantry a lot more. I have a lot of food inside my cabinets that it is just been sitting there. You know, canned goods and dried beans and you know things that I can make meals out of. So rather than go to the grocery store, oh, I want to try this new recipe. I'm going into the cabinet and saying, what can I make a meal out of? You're
0: starting with these basic ingredients you already have.
4: I'm starting with whatever I have in the cabinet yeah. and looking for ways to use those up so that I'm not going to the grocery store and racking up, you know, $300 every time I swipe my card. And that's been really helpful on a couple of levels. I want to get out of the food hoarding business that I've been in forever and also to not spend so much money at the grocery store. Um, I don't know that everybody has that ability. I definitely have that ability, which is really terrible. Um, I also have a lot of food in my freezer. I really don't want to waste food, not that you can tell by how much is in my house right now, but I don't want to waste food, so I'll be like, oh, I'll just throw that in the freezer, and then I never use it. So I'm really trying to use what's already there first.
0: Um, I think that's so awesome, but the obvious question is, what do you do when you finally end? Because that's a phase. You can't like keep discovering stuff forever unless you're way more of a hoarder than you let on.
4: Well, I am way more of a hoarder than I let on. But yes, eventually I will run out of food and I will have to go to the grocery store. Getting back to the, like, the whole natural foods and not going prepackaged is um, going to be very helpful too. The dried beans instead of the canned beans. I don't know why I had it in my head that they were the same price. They're not... Dried beans are like a dollar fifty a bag. A can of dried a, a can of beans that are already cooked is like a dollar. So you're like, oh that's that's cheaper. No, you get twice as many beans and the dried beans, it looks the same, but then they cook up and I mean if you ever cooked a whole bag of beans It's like it'll feed your family for a month. So, you know, cutting out meat. You don't need meat at every meal, and that's very, very expensive. Shopping the sales, which is like, you know, using coupons, such a stupid thing to say, but like, you, why pay more when you can pay less? So, we're really being conscious of where our. Did
0: you just quote like some grocery store chain slogan? <laughs> I swear to God, that's some grocery store chain slogan. Like, Mindy's internalized it's more,
1: it. More, more for less?
0: <laughs> Mindy's like, hey, my baloney has
4: a first name It does I just thought it. <laughs> My baloney has a first name It's generic <laughs> But yeah, I mean Really being conscious of what you're putting into your shopping cart And really being conscious of You know Honestly, that's it Really being conscious of what you're putting into your shopping cart Because it's so easy yeah. to be like this And don't take your kids shopping with you ever Oh my god, if you can leave them at home, do it because you get, through, you get through to the checkout counter and you're like, why is this overflowing? I came here for three things. And your kids are like, oh, I just wanted this one thing.
0: I think that's a great lesson time, though. I mean, really, it's a great parenting thing to talk about, like, unit cost, or talk about, like, what we, you know, the grocery bill how high it is you're looking at me like I'm nuts
4: great then you take them shopping you tell them no (laughs) I did that not during
0: a time of high inflation my kids are 27 now but I remember doing this I got tired of my kids bitching about can I have we went to the grocery store and instead I said okay we're gonna get proactive and we started looking at like the cost of toilet paper like you know well toilet paper's bad because I'm a little bougie about my toilet paper I learned the hard way about that one yes everybody does I went cheap there and that was not that was not good Yes, (laughs) Got tissue. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Gotta got have some padding there. Gotta have a little something. But the—that uh, might have been a bridge too far. But anyway, the—but uh, uh, unit cost, and then sometimes the bigger box of stuff, you know, cost actually more. Or did we actually need—like, you go to Costco, you get a pallet of ketchup. Do we really need a pallet of ketchup? Is it better to pay a little more and just get a little ketchup and, you know, keep the speed of our money high versus investing, you know? So we went through those things, and all of a sudden, my kids become cost savers. It was pretty cool watching over the course of two or three visits. She's not buying it. Mindy's
4: like, yeah, leave him home. Good story, Joe. I love, yeah, I love how Joe thinks that I haven't tried this already. That's super cute.
0: <laughs> That's the reason the kid plays the bassoon, so it's always time to practice when Mindy goes grocery shopping. Yeah, okay, Allison, you're stuck here with a table of money nerds, Yeah. but I'm wondering how a non-money nerd family, you're a family of four, right? Family of four. How does a non-money nerd family handle the fact that the grocery store is through the freaking roof? And we're
1: down one income. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yes. Well, first, we had to let go of our private chef. <laughs> that oh. was really hard. I know, it's so hashtag relatable. <laughs> (laughs) That's right. But uh, we had to make, I mean, honestly, we had to make some major... We had to tell the
0: cook they had to go (laughs) lay off the doorman. It really was hard. Yes. The doorman.
1: (laughs) Our personal valet was just a a trouble. But uh, no, it was, um, we had to make some adjustments immediately because we're down one income, so we're not eating out, we're not, you know, like we're trying to my husband is actually the cook in our house he loves to cook but we're all not great eaters and so my husband is like a total foodie and so we rob him of all of his joy of cooking (laughs) because he's got to cook like four different meals
0: (laughs) none of which he cares about no. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. And so
1: so we have had to be crafty. So we're eating a ton of pasta. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We're eating See, a ton of pasta. See, that sounds
0: great. But I look at pasta, I Even gain like five pounds.
1: Even like gas prices. I mean, everything has just gone up so much. Yes. But my husband will come home and he's like, you won't believe how much did I spend. So you're saying you eat pasta because it's cheaper? Um. Yeah. Well, because of leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Leftovers. Yeah.
0: Because you, you make a big old pot and two, yeah. three, four meals. Yeah. yeah, yeah instead of one.
1: my kids will eat pasta. Yes. <laughs> this
0: is this is interesting. You know, you can cut the family budget, but there's also the opposite of what you're doing in your family, which is, you know, if you don't get like a 10% raise this year, you're falling behind. Yeah. Right. So. How are you guys going to make this work long-term? Like, what's what's the... Well, well
1: Mama's going to need to earn some money soon. Yes. And that, I, that's the truth, you know? Like, so she'll go on the Stacking time. Benjamin
0: show, yeah. talk about culture changers, yes. and it'll change everything.
1: Well, some of it is also, you know, like, my son wanted to go on a camp. He wanted to go on a specialty camp. And it was like $800 a week. And I was like, we don't have the money to spend on that, but if you want to earn it... We can look at what can we sell in your room and see if we can raise $800. Wow. And so... And? Well, we did get rid of a bunch of stuff, but he lost interest anyway. But it was good. You know, like, it was a good practice to say, you know, like, no, you can't have it or we can't afford it. But, like, how can we create something where you can get whatever you want? Yeah. And there are infinite possibilities for earning money.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: How
0: does somebody... I mean, the military is their way to get a
3: 10% raise? Not unless it's an act of Congress. Yeah. But I think you could do side hustles. I, I agree with all the things that you're saying. Like, you have to adjust your lifestyle. You know, if you can't make more money, I mean, that's the way I would probably lean. It's like, okay, how can we, you know, do something, sell something? drive uber or something like that. But repurposing food, that's my big thing. It's like, okay, we'll cut costs and we'll figure because that's one of the biggest spends probably besides like your housing, your car, is food. food. And if you're not watching it closely, food just gets thrown out. Like it didn't get put in the freezer in time and so now it's gone bad. We gotta get rid of it. And so even if it's getting close like I'll cook it. You know, if it's ground beef, it's like, we'll cook it. We'll make quesadillas. We'll do something. Mindy,
0: take this from here. 10% raise. Let's talk about making more money for a second.
3: Okay. Making more money.
0: Allison's working for herself. Yes. Lacey says side hustles.
4: You know what? I like side hustles. I like side hustles a lot. I hate the word side hustle. It implies that you have to just be crushing it or nothing. Um, but I like the idea of generating income on your own, not relying on your employer to give you more money. Not everybody, not every company is raking it in right now. And just because you ask for a raise doesn't mean you're going to get a raise. First of all, know how to ask for a raise. Don't just go in and be like, hey, I want more I need money. more cash. Yeah, don't we all? Um, but you go out and make your own money. Figure out how you can generate more income. Most people have crap laying around their house that they can sell. God knows I do. Um, The food. (laughs) (laughs) The bassoon.
0: (laughs) I'm sure you've had days you wanted to sell the bassoon.
3: (sighs)
4: She's not going to listen to this, right? (laughs) Only every. (laughs) No, she's getting much better since when you were over. I thought she was great when I was there. (laughs) The bassoon is an interesting instrument. Um, But you can generate income in a way that you can control and you can work as much or as little as you want. I am a real estate agent. That's my side job. And I work as much or as little as I want to and I can generate a lot of money that way if I choose to. Or I can decide not to work because I'm going to spend more time with my family. Um, So I really like having that as your, like that's in, in your control.
0: I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you ladies for hanging out with us and chatting about what your audiences are interested in. Let's find out what you are all doing on your podcast. We'll start with Allison because you haven't been here before. What's, yes. what's, what's coming up soon in September here yeah, in uh, Culture change, We're
1: doing, uh, I'm doing a series on work culture Which I think is going to be so interesting. Which is amazing because you just left. Right. But I have a big, I have big opinions on it. And I have some experts coming on. And then beyond that, I'm going to be doing a series on spirituality, even the psychedelics and some of the indigenous practices around spirituality as well. Um, And I think it's going to be very interesting.
0: You Um, did a show where you were going to do psychedelics yeah just the very quick um, TLDR answer too long didn't read
1: yeah. <laughs> what's the good or bad I loved it it was psychedelic assisted therapy it was like in a controlled environment. This is something like, just to give you an idea of me, like I didn't even do it with lava lamps in college, you know? Like I would go to Grateful Dead concerts and be stone cold sober. You were the the
0: designated driver.
1: I I was always the designated driver. I'm just not the girl that wants to be out of control. So, you know, when you're thinking or kind of categorizing the kind of person I am, I would rethink or maybe broaden the perspective now. But it was was truly life-changing. And a lot of stuff is unfolding. As we speak, that I don't know that would have been possible otherwise.
0: And, and you'll hear that on Culture Changers in yes. August. Yes, you talked yes. about that in August. Mindy Jensen, thanks for joining us again. What's happening at Bigger Pockets Money,
4: Joe? It's always lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much. Just, it's even more lovely to talk to these ladies. <laughs> so I thank you I for knew facilitating it was that. I
0: knew it was going to just. <laughs> yes.
4: I've been so nice to you this whole episode. You did. We had to have one there at the <laughs> yeah. end, just one I really there at was. the end. <laughs> I just released an episode with my daughter where we interviewed... The bassoon player? The other daughter. The other the daughter. The older daughter, the yes. 15-year-old. We inter- we interviewed her. Dan Sheik's wrote a book called First to a Million, where it's about teaching t- teenagers about financial independence. And he has this idea for teaching your, your older teen about money by giving them all the money that they need to pay for all of their bills the whole month. Here's $1,000 or $500 or whatever you've decided is how much you're spending. And then they pay you for the rent, for the utilities, for their food, for their clothes, they pay for their school, they pay for everything. And that teaches them how to budget. It teaches them how to, like, look ahead at expenses that are coming while living at home so they're not going to run out of money and not be able to pay their rent or not run out of food or all of these things. So we released an an episode where Dan introduced this idea to Claire, and we're going to follow up with her in November how she handled her money in September and October, and I'm very excited. It's a challenge. Yes. She's very excited about it. And it's I just I love this concept so much and I'm super excited for her to be able, because she hears, I'm gonna get a thousand dollars. What she didn't hear is I gotta pay mom two fifty for rent and I gotta pay mom 75 for utilities and like I'm gonna be taking so much of that thousand dollars, it's not like a free-for-all. Plus we have a vacation coming up. You're gonna have to pay for that. And that's you know, your ticket was three hundred dollars, your airplane ticket, so you're going to have to pay me for that. So that's otherwise, now you're like. Otherwise,
0: she's taking her own 12 hour walk to vacation.
4: <laughs> otherwise, she's going to go into debt and then has to pay me interest when I lend her that money. So it's a really awesome episode. I'm super excited for the experience because then she can see how to handle money in a safe environment.
0: I love these make small mistakes early on, right? And I feel like too many parents don't want to hand their kids. Maybe a little bit too much money but because they don't want him to screw up at all. And then they end up like me, who was a credit card disaster in college because my parents never handed me money because they were doing the right thing, right? We don't want Joe to mess up a little. We'll just wait for him to mess up a lot when he's on his own. Yeah. And not my parents weren't bad people. I mean, everybody does that. Lacey, what's happening at Military Money Show?
3: In September, I have a show on life insurance. So the SGLI, how that works what people should be looking for, and then making the transition out of the military with life insurance. And then I've got another show coming up on for college savings on the GI Bill. Not just having it. Like, what the heck do you do when it's time? How to plan
0: around this time. Yes,
3: and when you have multiple children, because now you, if you elect to, you can give that benefit to your children, and if you have more than one child, like, how does that all work? So it's a very fascinating show. And then, probably not going to be a fun topic, but I think very important, especially rolling off the pandemic, is a, a divorce show for the military. Mm-hmm. So some specific things, dealing with the retirement and try, care for, you know, medical for life, those type of things. So those are three shows. And then my birthday show is in September So that's going to be a surprise So that's always a, something special Take it up a notch in September
0: I can't, I can't wait By the way it's an audio podcast So people didn't get to see the look on Lacey's face When she said that Like she's clearly not going up one notch You're going up like four <laughs> notches on your birthday That's going to be so fun <laughs> We'll link to Military Money Show, to Bigger Pockets Money, and to Culture Changers on our show notes page stackybenjamins.com. Doug, we'll send it back to you, man. What should we have learned today?
2: So what should we have learned today? First, real estate? It's a tight market, but not like it was a few months ago. Learn to show your house well if you're going to sell. Second, those thoughts in your head? Maybe a 12-hour walk like Allison did is a great idea, even if you really don't want to be alone with them. But the big lesson, who let Joe go to Dallas without me? Everyone knows I would have rocked that venue. Probably I would have been a disruption, though, with all of my fans. On second thought, maybe a good idea I didn't go. Thanks to Allison Hare for joining us today. You'll find her podcast, The Culture Changers Show, wherever you're listening to us right now. You'll also find Lacey Langford's show, The Military Money Podcast, and mindy jensen's work bigger pockets money wherever you're listening to us right now want a quick link to them all we'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com this show is the property of SB podcasts llc copyright 2022 and is written in part by the very amazing paulette perhatch thanks also to our team of moms who made today possible Karen Repine juggles the production of this show while raising two. Brooke Miller handles the show notes and creates our amazing newsletter, The 201. You know, while raising a one-year-old herself. Tina Eichenberg makes us all look pretty on our Stacking Benjamins YouTube page. And Autumn Sehi and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. Not only should you not take advice from these weirdos, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor.
0: Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. Allison, you're new to the after show, so here's the deal. What happens in the after show stays in the after show. Okay. We can't talk
1: about it. <laughs> Sounds very complicated. I don't know if I can follow the instructions here.
0: <laughs> we don't talk about after show. We're watching you.
1: Okay.
4: I don't know.
0: Uh, you know what? OG and I was talking with Doug about what shows we're watching, we never get other people's shows either TV shows, movies you're watching. So Lacey, you've got one you like.
3: Blackbird. Have you seen it? Anywhere? No. Blackbird? It's on Apple. It's really it's based on a true story. Kinda when you see the preview, it looks a little scary. Oh, is this the one? With Tar- is it Taryn? Uh, the, the guy at- that played Elton John. Yes, and he was in the Kingsman. Yes. Taryn e- Eggert or Egglesworth or yeah. Eggles.
0: Boy, if only <laughs> we had a device notes. where we could look this Put stuff the up. Show notes. <laughs> if only there were device out there. But yes, and he goes to jail. Well tell everybody what it's about.
3: Yeah, I don't want to ruin Cheryl it. Cheryl watched spoil- this show. Oh oh she has she She loved it. Oh, really, really good. It, but it's just really scary. So he like goes to jail for drugs. And then they threw the book at him, so he got like the maximum time. He thought he was gonna be in there like for six months and something like stupid, like you're gonna serve ten years. And they came to him and said, "Well, we'll make you a deal. We need you to get a jailhouse confession from this guy in a maximum like security facility that you know is for like the really bad people." And like we need you to go in there and be locked up with all of them and like get this guy to confess to some really heinous stuff, and then it kind of follows like him in the prison and all the stuff he's, that happened. He's
0: like a serial killer. I mean, they think he's he,
3: a to kids, to young girls. Like, and, yes. and it's, a, it's a true story. And um, you know who was in it? It was uh, Ray Liotta. That was his last show before he passed away. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. What, what what I found funny, I didn't I didn't watch any of this. There's nothing funny about the show except this. Which is the dude that plays the serial killer? Like to have this guy's career, he always gets typecast as this guy. He was the Atlanta uh, um, uh, Olympics bomber in that movie. He was.
3: Oh, I didn't know he was in anything else. He was the dude that
0: busted uh, 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 Nancy Kerrigan's kneecaps in the, in that movie.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How did you know no, that? No, name? No. no, 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 not I'm Jeff Galuli He was he was Galooly's like <laughs> friend. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like He was like friend. But um and then he was and then he was another one. Like he's always the dude Who's causing trouble. So Cheryl's like, yeah, it's really good. It's about this serial killer. And I watch like three minutes of it, and all of a sudden they show the serial killer. I'm like, that guy? <laughs> the same guy who's the Atlanta bomber who takes a baseball back to Nancy Kerrigan? Yeah. Like, really, imagine him if he's got like a family. Oh, you got a role in a movie? Yeah, guess what? Uh, th- this guy played Judas when his church was doing, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's his... That's his, his He's typecast. And he's probably the nicest guy, right? <laughs>
3: yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure he is. But anyway, but it's a good show, and I was very entertaining in the suspenseful, not in the happiness, but it was super yeah. cool. This guy, not a lot of people would
1: What's
0: take it, that Apple, deal. Apple TV? Apple, Apple TV. Apple TV. Yeah. yeah. All right, Allison, what you got?
1: Oh, so... A fun fact about me, I am definitely a cult enthusiast. I love everything about cults. She's like, I'm in lots
0: of cults. In fact, the reason I'll join I'm here any cult. <laughs> is, It's because I got this great group for you guys to join when you leave. <laughs>
1: Don't invite me over for dinner. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you for some MLM, some multi-level marketing deal. But there's, a, there's one on Hulu. If you guys have seen it on Teal Swan called The Deep End. No. Teal Swan. Teal Swan, and she kind of takes people all the way on the edge that are really, really, really struggling in a very fragile state. And, and it is. So, fascinating and so like you can't not have an opinion about Teal Swan after wow. watching it Teal Swan, she's a female and she's attractive and she's huge she has millions of views on YouTube and has these very hypnotic it's like a documentary series eyes. then it is, it's a documentary series I should have said that, I love documentaries no, it's all right. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but I, I would highly recommend it and DM me if you have an opinion because I love to talk all things Teal Swan and cults Oh, wow. That's, Hit me up.
0: <laughs> that's, that's, have, have any of you guys known somebody? I, I mean, I know you've interviewed people that have yes. been in cults, but have you known somebody personally before your interviews that was in a cult?
1: Yes. We all have been in cults in some way. But I will say, I will say, do, have you guys seen the vowel on Nexium? Nexium was like this. Probably the biggest takedown of a cult It was like It it started off as like a personal development group But there would be rankings and stuff That you'd have to go up But it turned into a sex cult and oh. like a child... Like, it was now crazy. Like, oh, no, it was crazy.
2: That was a little too enthusiastic, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> oh. Tone it down, Joe. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll write it down for you later. <laughs> this, is,
0: this is the one where the actress... Yes. Yes, uh, went to jail because she was recruiting yeah, Al- people. Yeah,
1: Allison Mack, I think is what, yes. what her name is. But the whistleblower, just her name is Sarah Edmondson, and she's listening hey, Sarah, she just moved into my neighborhood. And so, um, and she's got a podcast. It's so good. It's called A Little Bit Culty, where she just has kind of dedicated her life to kind of getting people out of cults and kind of exposing so many culty things. But she just moved into my neighborhood. And so uh, we got together last week and it was just so fascinating. You know, like I almost had to blink a couple of times. Like, I can't believe this woman is standing in front of me. She's been through so much.
3: Wow.
0: You know? I uh, I love that name, a little bit culty. A little bit culty. Because I don't think there's such a thing.
1: <laughs> I think
0: you're either, you know what I mean? You're, you're I, know, I do. You're I think
1: there is. I think there are a lot can of... can be a
0: little bit culty?
1: I think a lot of things that are normal society, like call it CrossFit or Soul Cycle or these groups where you have really passionate people. In some cases, churches can be a little bit culty. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're cult. But there are some, you know, like having a charismatic leader and having a doctrine and a, you know, kind of a similar belief that people believe in. And like maybe sometimes it's hard to get out.
0: I felt that about CrossFit sometimes. (laughs) Just like, you know, do you know how to tell if somebody does CrossFit?
1: (laughs) I just tell you.
0: (laughs) Yes. You don't even really have to ask (laughs) them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Mindy.
4: You stole my joke. I was going to say, you don't have to ask them, they'll tell We're you. on the same page. <laughs> um, I am very far behind the curve when it comes to TV. I'm going to sound totally pretentious when I say, oh, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Have you I'm seen not this like Gilligan's that. Island thing? Yes, yes. We'll make it up. But I really hate watching an episode and then like i have to remember an entire week later to watch it at the same time plus there's how many tv shows have either- been out there like a trillion so i only watch shows that have completed their run and then i can binge them so my husband and i have been watching the big bang theory and we're in season eight right now and i i find it very fascinating um I don't know very much about physics. I'm just assuming that everything that they say is true. Uh, and then something happened with HBO. It's got a, like a glitch in it or whatever. So we're, we pivoted to Community oh, with Joel McHale. Oh, so damn funny. It's Yes, it's funny. It's, I don't like it as much as uh, The no. Big Bang Theory. But that's what we're watching right now just because I don't want to sit there and wait. I'm going to forget. Something's going to come up. And then I'm going to miss an episode, and it's going to be a very special episode that I'll. The thing miss they don't the tell you
0: about Community, if you guys watch Community, no. the thing they don't tell you about Community that you find out if you watch the later seasons, which the ratings were going down. So you gonna by ruin them, it for me, Joe? No, but I will tell you one thing. It actually makes it better because I found this out from a friend who told me I need to watch Community, and I watch one or two episodes. And I'm like, yeah, this is okay. And then he told me what Dan Harmon, the writer, is doing. He takes a popular TV show. And every episode, he makes that, whatever's going on at the community college, like a ripoff of a different show. And half the fun is trying to figure out what show he's ripping on. Now, later on, they get much more very obvious about it. Like, it's okay. clearly Star Wars that they're doing or whatever. But, <laughs> but early on, you got no idea what the hell they're doing. And it just, I don't know, it makes it a little more fun to know there's this extra hidden layer that you don't know is there on community. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, community was was fun. Have, have you guys done that at all with, with a series? We did that with Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, Everybody Loves Raymond went off the air. Never watched it. No idea. Went back and I, I think we watched it. Caught a rerun one time. I was like, this show is funny. It's all get out. I had no idea.
3: Malcolm in the Middle.
0: You did Malcolm in the Middle? Yeah,
3: Malcolm in the Middle. It's a good like for our, like, us and our boys like, to watch as a that family. It's so funny.
0: So damn fun. Yes, yes, Especially for a house full of boys. Yes. Allison, you guys? Breaking Bad. A oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking I watched Bad. the first two episodes of Breaking Bad, and I'm the one person I know that could not do it.
1: Oh, I think it is the it best. Do it, it, I don't know. You know, I'll tell you a fun fact. Um, I used to watch every single, this was before I had a podcast and I had a hobbies and stuff, but uh, I used to watch every single real Housewives ever. I knew every character, every season, all of it, all the reality shows. And I decided to watch Downton Abbey. And oh. I have never watched... I, it was the first show I ever been was Downton Abbey because I could not believe that there was such captivating storytelling Heaven. out there. And I've never watched a reality show since. Heaven. Isn't that crazy?
0: And you know what's funny? The Downton Abbey movies, if, if you're a fan of the show, you yeah. go see... Did you see the movies? I don't know if I did. Because when you go to the movie... I'm like, oh Dot Abbey, it's been a while. They play that damn theme music right at the yeah, beginning so you're and it's in like, it. It's, it's like you're I'm putting it. on my favorite sweater. You
1: know what I mean? Can and we I'm- talk about theme songs and how hooky and addictive they are? Like you you think about them when you're trying to sleep? Like you wanna hear it, like stranger things? Is that just me? Y'all have blank <laughs> stares on your faces. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I love,
0: I love look, no, that is just you.
1: Okay, right. <laughs>
3: If it's a cat, we'll cook it.
2: Let's get it on the skillet.
3: <laughs> Throw it up here. Whose turn can't, is it? Can't figure out why I'm the cat doesn't. You, can't
0: figure out why the cat doesn't want to come inside anymore. <laughs> look, look at it, Lacy, suspiciously.
3: <laughs> I mean, if you wrap anything in bacon,
1: like (laughs) (laughs) sprinkle cheese on it, sprinkle cheese on it, a lot of salt, (laughs) (laughs) some Old Bay goes
0: a
3: long way, taco seasoning.
0: Here come the pita people, (laughs) giving us the one-star review. It's all on um, Lacey. Give Lacey the one-star review, not me.
4: You can reach Joe at Joe at stacking. <laughs> oh, no. oh. And his phone number is one eight hundred. I eat cats. This show took a turn. I don't know
3: what what happened there.
4: It took a dark oh. turn, like
3: like pet cemetery turn. All of a sudden, wow. It's, yes. it's Mindy. So
0: so the goal is price your house right, <laughs> do the 12-hour walk, and eat the pets.
1: Eat, eat all the pets. <laughs> I was saying
4: repurpose. Repurpose. Uh, <laughs>
0: repurpose the pets.
4: In bacon. Bacon. <laughs>
0: Not, not good i
4: don't know where no.
5: we go
0: from here well stackers the show is over but the party is just beginning here you know why because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh the finger right here at our good friend og who spent time in the military And of course we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh mr surly navy federal offers member only exclusive rates discounts and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals visit navyfederal.org celebrate and you'll see all their military appreciation month offers and other navy federal offers they've got all kinds of resources on their site like best cities after service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families, so much going on, just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender.